Well, thank you. Thank you, Myra, for those beautiful notes you play there on the piano. We're just thank, thankful for all of our, our, our choir and everybody who's working here in our church, doing anything in any capacity. I, I thank you. Um, I, I, I got two more things I, I just overlooked a while ago. I just forgot to mention them because um, I just scatterbrained as the day is long. Um, I, I didn't want to mention this in front of Tristan, so I didn't really forget this. I just uh, I chose to wait till now. Um, but y'all know y'all know Tristan and and uh, Tristan Lucas. He's one of the kids that Ryan picks up every week. We've we've ministered to the family in many ways. Um, if you take a second to look back there, kind of where Ryan's sitting, you'll see lots of presents that some of you have have purchased for them. And I, I thank you for that, and uh, God bless you for that. Um, and uh, the, the the nature of what we're going to do basically is I'm going to take those to him Thursday. I'm going to take them to to the family Thursday. That's my plan. Christmas Eve. Um, number one, if any of you would love to go with us, uh, or with me, uh, right now I'm the only one who's going. I would love to have you go. I, I know Christmas Eve is busy. Believe me, I'm as busy as anyone on Christmas Eve, but I'm going to go that morning. I'm going to try to go, if I go 10, that'll probably, that'll probably about 10 o'clock in the morning, that'll be probably the best time I can go, the nature of my schedule that day. I'm going to be gone all afternoon. If you want to go, you can meet me here at the church at 10 o'clock and you can go with us. Um, but here's what I want to mention. And I, this is open. This is not mandatory. This is, this is something I'm asking for you. You pray about it, you think about it, and you, you let me know after service or call me or text me or whatever. But I, I just wonder if, if any of you, and y'all women are about to shoot me, I can just tell it. But, it, but if any of you are cooking something uh, this week, and, and you could find a little extra, um, I, I think it would be cool to take something Christmas Eve, maybe a small dish. Maybe, maybe uh, Donnie and I were talking, if it's just a cake, you know, uh, maybe you've got a spare pie. Uh, you know, just something to take with them with the gifts to eat. I, you know, I can't cook anything. I can grill. I can grill. I, I can do that. But, you know, Christmas time is usually when you grill hamburgers and hot dogs, okay? So, so uh, if y'all got a dish, if you don't, that's fine. I know y'all are busy. You've got families in your home and family out of town. I, I'm not asking. I'm just, if any of you happen to, to do that, uh, it would be appreciated, and I, w- I would be willing to take it uh, to on Thursday. I just wanted to mention that. Second thing I overlooked completely because I just scatterbrained is Travis and Lane are back. And uh, we're, we're so thankful. Yeah, please, yeah. And I, uh, I, I, I got just so uh, emotional this week. I hope some of you on Facebook were watching their, the things they were posting. And uh, Travis and I texted all through the week. And uh, we're going to let them share on a Sunday morning. You know, it seems sometimes people, stuff like this just gets put on Sunday night, you know. I'm like, come on, you know, we can we can do it Sunday morning. Let's let everybody hear about it. Most people are here Sunday morning. So in the coming weeks, uh, Lane's working next week, so it won't be next week, but uh, next few weeks, Travis and Lane are going to have time to come up here and, and share. Uh, and so uh, I hope you'll come and, 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 and encourage and, and listen and support them. Uh, if you are on Facebook, if you did see some of the things you posted, you know they had a tremendous time. Uh, they shared in Sunday school this morning. Uh, so I'm uh, really excited. And I want to say, just from, from me, your pastor, I am so proud of y'all. I, I am honored to be your pastor. And it's such a, uh, such a joy to, to be y'all's pastor. And I, I just cannot wait to hear completely uh, about, about everything that happened. And um, uh, thank all of you for sending them. Thank all of you for sending them and giving and all that. We're just really excited about, uh, about that. So this morning, now, uh, one more thing. I'm sorry. One more thing. Donnie. Donnie, Donnie reminded me of this a while ago. Uh, Wednesday night is going to be special. We're not having service Thursday night, Christmas Eve, obviously, but we are having service on Wednesday night. We're going to have a candlelight service here. Um, and, and basically, we're doing something really special. I know a lot of you got stuff going on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, you know, but, you know, 
if you not don't have anything going on, if, if you want to come up here, come bring your family. We're going to have a candlelight service. We're going to do communion. Uh, and, and we haven't done that since I've been here, so I'm excited to do that with all of you. Deacons, if you're going to be here, a lot of you, a couple of you said you're going to be here. Deacons, will, they'll be helping uh, serve communion to our church, but uh, we'll have a short sermon. It'll be a really short message, a really short service to get, get you back to your families if you've got a supper or anything going on. So I just wanted to mention that too. I, I forgot this morning, I was just had a lot on my mind. But yeah, that's Wednesday night, normal time. We'll have a candlelight communion service here uh, at the church. I want to invite all of you to that. Okay, I'm done now. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Thank you for being patient with me as I announce those things. Matthew chapter 1. Uh, verses 18 through 23. I want to preach to you this morning on the subject, Jesus the Savior has come. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, all the way down through 23. And uh, if you are able and willing, I'd ask you to stand out of reverence and honor of God's Word as we read. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But when he, excuse me, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Thank you. You may be seated. The story of Jesus' birth could be described as something out of a soap opera. Let's just be honest. I, I mean, the, the scriptures we read just now, uh, my, my, my grandmother every day would watch uh, Days of Our Lives and General Hospital um, I remember, those are the only two I remember, right? I remember, I remember being a little boy, my grandmother kept me every day, and I remember this guy named Stefano. Does everybody remember that guy? And the guy died like a million times and came back to life like every week. But, you know, the soap operas, number one, I did not need to be watching that stuff growing up with my grandma, number one. But number two, there's always something scandalous, you know? There's always this, you know... You did this with my wife, or you did this with my wife. You know, there's all this going on, and, and you read these verses. The Christmas message really sounds like a soap opera. I mean, you've got a man and a woman who are engaged. And these days, marriages would have been arranged. This union would have been in the making for some time, and, and contracts would have been made up and negotiated. And, and then there was a year-long period. Um, there was a year-long period where... Uh, they would have promised themselves to each other and purity would have had to take place in that year-long period. That's what betrothed means. And, and so basically there's this year-long period and if the purity between this couple was found to be tarnished in the year-long period, then the agreement was broken. And in verse 18, we read that this happens. After, this, uh, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, 
before they came together, she was found to be a child, with child of the Holy Spirit. So here they are engaged, and she comes up pregnant, right? And this sounds like something, you know, like a scandal, doesn't it? It, it, it sounds like something where, you know, uh, people would be whispering. You know, the neighbors would be talking. The town would be a buzz, right? That happens in verse 18. Then in verse 19, we see, we see, Joseph does what all of us men uh, probably, I, I, you know, I'm not, well, I don't want to put a blanket statement on anything, but, you know, that's probably the first thing in verse 19. We'd be thinking the same way. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, would not, uh, not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. Tragedy strikes this marriage. Joseph quietly makes the situation go away. That's what we would do. I mean, that's what happens. In fact, my mom and dad, uh, they got pregnant with me before they were married, all right? And, and so there was a, what you call it, a shotgun wedding, I guess. And, and, and they were married, and, and then, you know, all those years later, you know, that's, that's kind of the story. Secretly, we deal with things. But here comes the twist in verse 20. We see that God gets involved. Verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you your Mary, excuse me, take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. God gets involved. He tells Joseph, in a way, what he already knows. He says, This isn't yours. This isn't your child. You've done nothing wrong. And then he kind of says, hey, big boy, this is on me. Basically, he says, this has little to do with you, Joseph. This has everything to do with me, right? God, God speaks to Joseph. And basically tells him this, hang in there. Hang in there, because I'm about to change the world. I'm about to take this mess, because it was, guys, it was a mess. I mean, a mess. Can you imagine? He takes this mess, he says, I'm going to bring a miracle. He says, I'm going to bring a miracle. As we look at Jesus, the Savior has come. The first thing that I want you to see in verse 20 is that Jesus came from God to us. But while he thought on, things, on these things, verse 20, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said in a dream, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, your Mary, wife, I can't even read today, to take your Ma Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we read this, this story and we, and we read our Bible and we see that Jesus came from God to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47 says that the first man, Adam, was made on the earth. And then the second man, Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. We, we know that only, only Father that, that Jesus you know, really had was God. That's weird. Can I just tell you, if I was an unbeliever, you know, if I was an unbeliever and Christmas time rolls around and I just get curious and I go to church, that's what a lot of people do on Christmas, they go to church, and, and, and I listen to this story. And I'm sitting out there not believing in God and you start telling me that His Father is God. That's kind of weird. Can I just be honest with you? The whole basis of what we believe about Jesus, that the, the beginning of the story is His mama is knocked up 
by God. And I read this, I read this, and I find that the only father that Adam had was God, and Mary, uh, Mary knew that the only father that Jesus was going to have was God. They're the only two guys that ever kind of were born without an earthly father. Mary knew this, and now Joseph knew that this child and his wife that, that she was bearing, his, 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 his origin was divine. God started this whole situation. The world uh, to this day debates... How a child could be born of a virgin, people doubt and people speculate. I'm going to be honest with you. That's hard to believe that a woman can remain a virgin and bring forth a son. It doesn't make any biological sense, common sense, scientific sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, and the world debates it. Here, here they say so many things. Liberal preachers and liberal people, they, they say all these things. That, oh, you know, you know, she wasn't really a virgin. She was just, you know, a really good Well, no, she was a virgin. No, no, really, really. Can I tell you this morning? She was really a virgin. That's what the Bible says. That's what the gospel says. That's what the Word of God says. And however, the two people closest to the situation, they knew. You know, Mary and Joseph, they were the two kind of closest to this situation. They were mom and daddy, right? They were the ones that were going to have to deal with this. And God made it abundantly clear to them, hey, God's got a plan. God informed and affirmed that He had a plan long before God had ever laid the foundation of the world. God had a plan. And this was it. Mama knocked up by God. This was it. Scandalous soap opera stuff. No wonder people pick on us. No wonder people don't believe. Because this is hard stuff. But that's why it's called faith. Because it's kind of, it's you know, a little out there. The story of Christmas doesn't begin in a town called Bethlehem. The story of Christmas begins in a garden called Eden. That was Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Seminary. He was preaching recently on this story. And he said that it all begins in Genesis. If you look at Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity between you and, your, uh, and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In the garden, when the, when the judgments were being passed around, he tells the woman what her judgment is. He tells Adam what his judgment is. He tells the serpent what his judgment is. And this is what he says way back in Genesis, hundreds of years before this. He says, I will make hatred between her and you. And then he closes it out with perhaps the coolest thing ever. He says, indeed, you shall bruise your head, but he, you, you will bruise his heel. Basically, he says that one day there's coming a guy. There's coming a, a, a son there's coming a person who you and him will meet. And what's going to happen is he's going to crush you. That's Jesus. All the way back in Genesis. Jesus wasn't plan B, folks. Jesus was plan A. Alright? And, and how God chose to do it ticks people off. Can I just tell you? You know, you watch CNN. And anytime something religious happens, they don't bring in a solid evangelical uh, professor. They don't bring in these guys. You know why? Because we're going to tell this story that doesn't make any sense. Right? We're going to come up with this story. <laughs> right? Where's his daddy? The world says. How did his mama have a son when she never been with a man? The world says. But listen. Listen. The same Holy Spirit that produced the world had now produced the Savior 
of the world. This was the plan from the beginning. Jesus is the hope this world needs. He is the, the master that we serve, the God we worship, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I want to tell you this morning that this isn't the backup plan. This isn't something that we shove at the back and say, you know, this is just weird and we don't listen. Listen, this is the point. This is the story. This is the message. This isn't just Christmas time message. This isn't just once a year message. I'm just really excited that I get to preach it today because this is the message. I could preach it every week because it's true. God came down and rescued us. God came down and set us free. Jesus Christ, God with us. And then, that's just verse 20. Then we look down in verse 21 and we see that Jesus, not only did He come from heaven to us, but, but then in verse uh, 21 we see that Jesus came to save us. It says in verse 21, She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word Yeshua. If you've, if you've seen the passion of the Christ, you know it's not in our language. And, and so you watch it and you're listening to the words they say. And every time they say the name of Jesus, they say a word that sounds a lot like Yeshua. Right? And, and literally, literally, his name, Yeshua, this name, Yeshua, it meant a lot of things. But basically, if we boil it down, it means rescue. Really, it means deliver or deliverance or to liberate or to save. His name, the, the, the name they gave him, even his name means to save, to deliver or to liberate. This morning in Sunday school, I joined the men's class this morning. I've been bouncing around a little bit lately. And Donnie was talking about this rescue, this, this hero that we have in the Bible called Jesus. And he, and he comes down and he rescues people. In fact... All the way back to his name, Jesus was meant to save. Jesus' entire purpose from the beginning was to come, to live, to die, to rise, and to save, to set free, and to deliver. That's why he came. See, he didn't just come to teach us good things. He didn't, he didn't just come to be a life coach. He didn't just come to encourage. He didn't just come so people could put him on a t-shirt and say, Jesus is my homeboy. He didn't just come for those reasons. He came to literally save people's lives. That's kind of why I get a little jacked up about it, honestly. Because listen, if you're drowning, if you're like going down, like you, you can't swim, like you swim like a rock, like you're sinking right now, and you're in this life right now, and you're drowning, you don't need me to coach you to how to swim. You, what you need is somebody to throw you a lifeboat or throw you a raft or throw you something to rescue you. And that's what Jesus did. He doesn't simply talk about what we can do or, or how we can get better or how we can do more. No, He comes. He rescues. We don't need to do better. We mess up, if you hadn't noticed. We make a mess. Two of my best friends in the world, Keith Coates and Harvey Jones. Keith Coates was my mentor at Decap Baptist Church, and Harvey Jones was a deacon. Some of you know Harvey. Some of you know Keith. And we had a little saying about these two men, right? Harvey Jones was the best, the best. He's got a plaque hanging in his house. The best at making a mess. He's the best. Keith Coates. Got a plaque hanging in his living room. He's the best at getting in a mess. Keith could get in a mess better than anybody. Harvey can make a mess better than anybody. That's us, folks. And we don't need to do better. We don't need to clean it up. We don't need to work harder. We need to quit and let Jesus save us. That's what we need. Joseph is told, you shall call his name Jesus. Hey, listen. 
the angel basically says, call him salvation. Because that's what he is. Salvation. Then we see in Genesis 3.15, we read it again. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And, and between your seed and her seed. And then it says, he, with a capital H, he shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. Jesus, your son, which is of, of the Holy Spirit, is of God, shall save. And then we see, not only did he come from heaven to us, and he did. And not only, not only did he come to save us, but then we see this beautiful, beautiful truth. He came to be with us. If we read verses 22 and 23, this is possibly the coolest verse in the whole Bible. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Those are the coolest words found in the Bible anywhere. The three words, God with us. And they come from an even cooler name, a, a name that like sounds even cooler than that, Emmanuel. And basically this means that, that, that no matter what any other religion does, or, or, or no matter what anybody else does, or, or no matter what kind of self-help books you read, or, or, or no matter what you choose to follow, what way of thought you, you're a part of, or what you do. And, and I'd love to talk to Travis and Lane about this because they've been in other countries, and, and people believe all kind of absolute garbage. I'm talking about people believe, listen, people believe big, tall, steaming piles of garbage. That's what they believe. You would not believe some of the garbage that people believe. You would not. It would blow you away. It really, it really would. And, and basically, basically, no matter what they believe or no matter how far they seem away and no matter how lost they seem to be, God with us. You see, excuse me there, Mike. You see, you can do whatever you want to do. You can. Get busy. Just go to work. Work yourself to death. Do it. Waste your time if you want. You can follow this religion. Listen, there are, there are so many religions. It's like going to McDonald's. You can just get on a menu and just pick whichever you You can pick whatever you want. And then if you don't like any of those, just make one up. That's what a lot of people have done. Just make a religion up. But listen, listen. All of that. Take it. Put it in a box. Sit it over to the side. And look at Jesus. In verse 23, God with us. We need not look any longer. Our King has come. Our Deliverer has come. Our Messiah has come. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Back in Isaiah 7, 14, He says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. See, now this is kind of ironic. This is kind of weird because this was written hundreds of years before it actually happened. So let's just take a, let's just take a, let's just be, let's just be liberal. You know, let's just be liberal. Woo, let's just be liberal this morning. Maybe Mary got a hold of this. And she says, you know what? I'm going to have a baby without having a husband. Or I'm going to have a baby without having a man involved. And so one day, Mary just decides, she squats and she just sits there and meditates. She says, God, make me pregnant because I read way back a long time ago, or I heard way back a long time ago that they've been prophesying that this son's going to come and he's going to have to be born of a virgin. So let's just, let's just say that she just made it happen. She just made it happen. Right? That cool with you? 
that ain't cool with me, that don't make any sense. But I tell you what does make sense. That what happened in Matthew chapter 1 was a result of what was told in Isaiah chapter 7. Prophecy was fulfilled. Listen, how could this happen? How could they know 700, 800 years before? How could they know? Can I answer that for you? They couldn't have. Only, only if God told them. 700 years earlier they knew that Jesus would be born. And not just that Jesus would be born, but detailed that He would be born of a virgin. That's good stuff. That'll preach. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to make this stuff up. You don't have to come up with a sermon to preach. It's there. Just talk about it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. One of my pastor friends says it this way. He said, the virgin birth is essential to Christianity. Without it, Jesus would have inherited Adam's sin and would have therefore not be a suitable sacrifice. Listen, if Jesus would have had an earthly daddy, if Jesus would have had a biological earthly father, if Jesus would have had any part of us in him at all, he would have not been fit. Listen, if, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, let's get all of our Bibles, let's go get a barrel and let's burn every one of them because it doesn't matter anymore. If Jesus wasn't really born of a virgin, then Christianity is just, it's just, a, it's just a flop. It's nothing. It's nothing. He had to be perfect. You know why He had to be perfect? Look in the mirror. Because you aren't. If He didn't need to be born of a virgin, any of you would have done fine. Line up one day to a cross, we'll kill you. You would have been fine. Because you're good enough. Right? But no, you're not. And what's the only way? What's the only way to be perfect? To not have a lick to do with Adam. Man. That's the only way. That's the only way. Jesus had to be spotless and without sin. I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. I might get some hunter's attention here tonight when I say these next few words. When you go to buy a good squirrel dog or a coon dog or a deer dog or a whatever kind of dog you buy, what do you want? What do you want when you, get, when you go to buy a dog? What do you want? You want good, and you want a good bloodline, don't you? Right? You want, you want him to have the pedigree, right? You want him to have the... Like that little sheet they give you. And all. You want his daddy and mama and daddy and mama and grandmama and granddaddy and grandpa, great, great, great. You, know, you, you want him to be like the best one, right? That's what you want. And you'll pay just, you'll fork out the lettuce, son. You'll pay good money for a good dog, won't you? Why? Because of his bloodline, right? Because of who he, who he is. Because of where he come from. And I want to ask you today. I want to ask you, hunters, coon hunters, dog hunters, squirrel hunters. I want to ask you, who has the purest bloodline? What's the, blessed, what's the best bloodline? What king? What queen? What prince? What princess could be more royal? What high, what's the highest, purest bloodline? What's the highest place? The best one. Who's the farthest we can go? How high can we reach? What's the best bloodline? Who could be better? Who could be purer? Who could be better than God himself? That's Jesus' bloodline. He's like the best one ever. There is no other. He's the best. There is no name higher, no king greater, no one more pure than God. Jesus was sent to build the bridge, build the bridge between us and God, to be the mediator between man and God. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, it says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace, who made both one, and listen to this, has broken down the middle wall of separation. Jesus did that. He broke down the wall. He made two men one. He made the hatred that we talked about back in Genesis. Jesus made that pure. But a man couldn't have done it. Only Jesus could have done it. Jesus proved, I'm proud of this statement, write this down, tweet it, tell your friends. Jesus proved and personified this truth by His birth. That's good stuff. Jesus personified truth. The Son of God became the Son of Man to enable men to become the sons of God. Let me read that twice. The Son of God became a man to enable men to become the sons of God. That's Dr. C.S. Lewis. If you've ever read C.S. Lewis, listen. He became what we were, what we are, so that we could become what He is. If I don't watch your fire, your wood's wet. Listen, God's divine nature can now be in the presence of man's sinful nature. It's been fixed. Jesus fixed it. And we now have access to God. I, I want to close with a few things. It's 11.30, but I got up here a little late. I want to close with a few things. We didn't search for Him, church. You didn't search for Him. We didn't search for Him. We didn't reach for Him. He came to us. He found us. Grace came to us. Mercy came to us. Hope came to us. Redemption came to us. Forgiveness came to us. The Savior came here. God came here. Hope came here. Love came here. Jesus came here. He is with us. This ought to make an Episcopalian shout. This is good stuff. God with us. If you're Episcopalian, I'm sorry. That, my pastor told me that joke. It's not my joke. Today, will you accept the gift? Today. Boy, you want presents? Let me give you a big old present. Righteousness. Let me give you a big old present. Let me give you perfection. Let me give you a big old present. Redemption. Let me give you a big old present. A hero. He is the hero we need. I want to ask you this. Will you understand today that no matter what we have, no matter what we have made Christmas into, can, can, can you listen to, can you just hear me? No matter what this culture attempts to make this holiday in a couple days, today, Christmas is, was, and always will be about Jesus, today. And I want to ask you, what will you and your family do about it? What will you and your wife and husband and nieces and nephews and grandkids and grand... What will you do? Jesus is our peace, church. He's, he's our peace and, and He can be your peace. And He can be the healer and Savior of your life. If you told me, Jeremy... If you told me, if you looked at me and said, Jeremy, you know, you just got to quit preaching this stuff because this, then I quit today. Because, because this is why we're here. 
This is why we meet. This is why we sing. This is why we do what we do. This is why we stood at the parade and handed out hot chocolate yesterday when it was like a 20 degree. It was freezing. The wind was like blowing cups and, and like it was cold and, and, and Pam was like wanting a fire. I mean, it was so cold. But we, we did it. We, we did it because of Jesus. We did it because of the greatest gift. Ryan, Ryan had the microphone. He looked at me and said, hey, get on that microphone and announce it. And I said, buddy, you just do it. You, you just get on that microphone and you just tell him. And I said, I, said, but when, but I said, but when you say something, I said, don't just talk about the hot chocolate. I said, don't just talk about the coffee. Don't just talk about the water. I said, tell him the reason we're giving this away free is because God's love is free. I said, preach. get on that microphone and preach. Tell him about it. That's why we do it. Today, have you accepted this gift today. Have you accepted Christ? It's been said. It's been said. I'm closing with this. Gail's going to come. Myra's going to come. And I'm going to be up here. It's been said. i got to read this because it's a quote. That Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen? Can I blow your mind? Can I like kick you in the nose real quick with something? Because it kicks me in the nose. It really does. Honestly, we are the reason for the season. He said, ooh, I don't like that. I didn't see that on a Christmas card. Listen, listen. We are the reason for the season. Because tell me, church, why would have Jesus ever had to come if not to save you and me? We are the reason for the season, and we need Jesus. I want to tell you tonight, or this morning, excuse me. I want to tell you, it's all about Jesus. God with us. He has come. Jesus, the Savior, it's coming. And I know it's Christmas and, and I know we all got a red on today and it's just like cool and we're singing joy to the world and it's just wonderful. And you know, nobody can get saved on Christmas. No, listen. Today ought to be the day you get saved. Christmas is all about saving. Listen, let me say it again. It's about the birth of Jesus. What does his name mean? Christ. Christmas. It should be called people getting saved, Miss. It should be called salvation. It should be called salvation, miss. It should be called get off your pride and get out of the pew and stop denying Jesus because today is the day that you can be saved. How much cooler would Christmas be if you were saved today? I'm not going to beg you. I'm just going to tell you today the, 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 altar, the, the altar's here. I'm here. There's deacons if you don't want to talk to me. Today, let today be the day that you accept this gift. This gift called Jesus, the Savior of the world. Would you stand as we sing? Gail's going to lead us. Come today.